This is episode 662 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, The Supply Chain is Broken and Food Shortages Are Here. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode. I'm so glad you're here, but I got to tell you, I almost scrapped this one. I almost scrapped this uh, this episode as far as the topic because I kind of feel like I'm I'm killing this one, right? I'm just like saying this one to death. But really, truly, when I started uh, to really think about it, we have a lot of new people, you know, listening. And so uh, the, the numbers, the, the analytics look really good for the podcast. And I'm very grateful for that. But I think sometimes we need to truly understand where we are and help those that are out there to truly understand. Because sometimes you have to hear things over and over again. So uh, this topic that I'm going to talk about I'll hit it this time, and I promise I will um, not uh, revert back to it, maybe for a while, until things, until we see where things are going. But here's the deal. It's really easy to get numb to all the negative news and articles that most preppers read and listen to. And this gets taken to a whole nother level when we start hearing that it's the end, right? We hear that so many times, and then nothing ever happens. So we could go back to 2012, Shemitah, you know, volcanoes, you know, all the different things that we hear that people, you know, the economic collapse, all that stuff that we keep hearing about that it's about to happen and then nothing ever happens. The thing is, could we be in a slow spiral and that all the negative news of 2020 has just made us accustomed to living in this new normal of waiting for the next bad thing to happen which then never happens until it does happen. So I know people don't like that term, new normal. I I know I've heard some of the leaders in my school district say, we don't want to accept that term, new normal. The thing is, is that I think it's here, whether you like it or not. But the thing is, is that you start to take into account all the things that have happened. And we've just become numb to it all. And it's very easy to look back and say, man, so many things have happened. So many things have gone on. And really, when you look at it, it's kind of been this slow spiral down. We haven't, it's not the apocalypse that everyone thought it was going to be. It's not this, you know, the the zombies are out in open warfare, you know, in the streets and all that different kind of stuff. It's just this thing where people are getting more miserable and more miserable and you know you keep hearing about the next hammer that's going to drop so when i look at this article here by the organic prepper and it's not written by daisy it's written by it's a it's a guest post but when i look at that i tend to say all right um, this is the next one of the next things that that is happening. And so before I just even move into all the other stuff and it, I'm almost like giving starting to give my commentary here, I want to read the article and then bounce off of that article and then share some other thoughts and ideas here. So let's go ahead and jump to this article. Again, it's from the organic prepper. The title is "The Supply Chain is Broken and Food Shortages Are Here." There's uh, 68 comments on this one, so a lot of people sharing different things. All right, so let's go ahead and start. 
If you are a reader of this site, you might be more interested in the food supply chain than most, at least when things are good. So if you have been paying attention recently, you might find that there have been some severe disturbances in that supply chain. Several months ago, the immediate disruptions began at the beginning of the COVID-19 hysteria when factories, distribution centers, and even farms shut down under the pretext of flattening the curve. As a result, Americans found necessities were missing on the shelves for the first time in years. Items like hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes were, of course, out of stock. Now, people began to notice meat and even canned vegetables and rice were soon missing from the shelves. Most of this was simply the result of mass panic buying, although preppers were blamed for hoarding. And there's, of course, there's links here to, to all of that. Therefore, people who had not been prepping all along and were suddenly caught with their pants down. But what's the whole story? Manufacturing and packaging facilities and slaughterhouses shut down due to intrusive totalitarian government reaction to an alleged pandemic. Now, I got to tell you, I'm going to stop here. Uh, that alleged pandemic term got a lot of people riled up in the comment section. So just uh, letting you know, alleged pandemic. There's some people that were like, hey, I know people who lost their life. I know people who got really sick and, and all of that. So saying alleged pandemic really uh, you know, hits a nerve there with, with some people. All right, so moving on. Combined with panic buying, those facilities' ability to replace what was bought up was drastically reduced. As a result, consumers were forced to wait weeks before buying what they needed or wanted again. Even then, they had to show up in the morning. We are still experiencing those shortages, though better hidden. As anyone who shops regularly can tell you, you can find what you need, but you may have to go to three stores to get it, where one would have done it in the past. In this article, you'll find some advice about dealing with the limited varieties of inventory that people are currently noticing at stores. So there, again, there's another link here for you. Now, when most rational people would be happy to have a job at all amid such high unemployment, they were prepared to stop the machine's wheels from working. Workers suddenly started to organize, strike, and walk off the job conveniently when the food supply was already broken. Of course, these workers had not organized or initiated a strike at any time before when working conditions were bleak and wages were low. While extraordinary times beget extraordinary reactions, the timing of the newfound sense of workers' resolve cannot go unnoticed. At the same time, we witnessed farms dumping thousands of gallons of milk down the drain, meat producers slaughtering animals and burying them, and farmers destroying crops all over the country and the world. Now, there are Two reasons for all of this. First, many major producers would not want a glut of their product on the market and see their prices drop down. Second, with the totalitarian measures forcing the shutdown of restaurants across the country, many farms and producers lost a massive part of their market, thus destroying it. A government genuinely concerned with its people's health would have bought that produce and either distributed it or freeze-dried and stored it for the coming apocalypse. Indeed, the Trump administration attempted this with some very minor success and high cost. Food banks at least benefited, but the damage to the food supply was already done. And then came the winds. As time moved forward, we saw devastating straight-line winds blow across places like Iowa, destroying massive amounts of crops and farming infrastructure, effects rarely advertised on mainstream media outlets. Following those winds, we saw massive wildfires along the West Coast entirely from Washington to California, as far east as Colorado, South Dakota, and Texas. 
One need only take a look at the map at fire seemingly heading east, burning up prairies and farmland all along the way to see that the food chain will experience yet even more hiccups once the smoke is cleared. But while leftists claim the fires are the natural result of climate change, and conservatives blame lack of adequate forest management, which has some merit, both completely ignore the fact that close to 10 people were arrested for setting these fires. Repeatedly, arsonists are being arrested for starting blazes, though the motive is unclear. Those of us who have studied history, however, can speculate with some certainty. But these problems are not unique to the United States. Countries all over the world are experiencing supply chain problems. Australia, for instance, is about to run out of its domestic rice supply by December entirely. Now, here, we are with winter fast approaching and the food supply decimated. The world's population is walking around masked and terrified of getting within six feet of another human, and the cities all across America are on fire with violent riots. Communists and the inevitable response are clashing in the streets and threatening to turn it into a possible American Civil War 2.0. What role will hunger play in this scenario? At the moment, we can't say for sure. But what we can say with certainty is that this will be a very long, very trying winter. So food shortages are coming and they aren't too far away. You do not have much time left before, before the items you can grab now are gone and gone for good. Here are some tips for shopping when there aren't many supplies left. There's a link there for you on the shelves. And here's a list of things that are usually imported from China. Another link that you can click on that we haven't been receiving in the same quantities, if at all, since the crisis began. Many of the readers of this website will be prepared, no doubt, but others won't. Not only do we advise you to prepare, but we also advise you to be ready for the unprepared. Have you seen shortages in your area? Do you still have quantity limits on certain purchases? Some areas seem better stocked than others. Let's discuss in the comments. So guys, like I said, there are 66 comments right now here in the art article and uh, you can go check it out. A lot of links and all that good stuff. All right, so let me, I wanna bounce off of this because again, like I said, all the doom and gloom and, and all of that, you know, people, people have a real negative idea about that. You know, it's like always doom, always gloom, you know, preppers, we just want to be able to prep and not have all the doom and gloom and the scary stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. I completely, completely agree. But the thing is, is that the doom and gloom at some point, you know, all that doom porn that's out there eventually at some point will truly be the doom and gloom that we're experiencing. And again, I think we're in this slow spiral that we've kind of accepted. We've accepted that prices are, are uh, higher. We've expected that there's going to be some shortages. We've expected that we need to, you know, go to a couple of different stores to get all the things we need. One of the things that we do in uh, the exclusive, the Prepper website exclusive email group, and uh, you can join that. I haven't really talked about it recently on the podcast. You can do it. It's $20 a year. But one of the benefits, and really it started out just being like an email group so that you weren't uh, doing all this stuff on social media with, you know, Zuckerberg and everybody else uh, with, uh, you know, threatening to shut you down and, and watching every link and thing that you share. So really it was an email group that you kind of uh, you know paid for once a year and you were able to build this relationship with the people and you're able to share out ideas and things and, and that, that works really, really well. But one of the benefits that I didn't plan on doing when we first started was started, we started an online meetup. And so we do it every other week on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
And one of the first things that we do is kind of share and share what's going on, you know, in our local situation. And it used to be, okay, hey, let's talk about what the grocery stores are like. But I got to be very honest with you when I'm you're looking at this article and talking about shortages are here. One of the things that we've been discussing is that things are pretty back to normal. You know, um, yeah, you can't find the Clorox wipes. And in some parts of the country, you know, it's it's a little bit um, not as full as other parts. But for the most part, you can get everything that you need to get. And, you know, some people will say, like in the online group, that um, you can get vegetables. Like, let's say you want to get corn, you know, canned corn or canned green beans or whatever. You can get them, but they might not be the have the labels they might not be the variety that you normally get it might not be libby's right it might be some other brand that you've never heard of before but you can get it another thing that we've talked about is there's a shortage on sugar and so in but we think that that's in some places where sugar is an issue in other places there's not one of the things that has come up is kind of funny as we're moving into the you know the holiday season is pumpkin pie filling and it's not really something that I pay attention to. It's not something that we buy a whole lot for ourselves here in, in my home. But I did buy some. You know, my wife is like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to make a recipe. You know, if you find some, go ahead and get some." And uh, one of the things uh, about about our store, the, the grocery store, when I go, um, they had a very limited supply. They did have some. It was the Libby's pumpkin pie filling, but they had about six or seven big cans, and that was all they had. And so I was very surprised to hear about all that. Why is there a pumpkin pie filling shortage out there? So you hear about some of these things, but for the most part, we're not seeing what we saw in March and in April when the grocery stores, like the shelves were like wiped clean. I remember seeing pictures on Facebook of friends that I work with and that I know that live here in the area, and they were showing uh, the shelves of their local grocery store where they go. And I was amazed. I mean, these are big, big grocery stores in the suburbs of Houston, Texas, really big grocery stores. And they were wiped out, really wiped out. And so the thing is, we don't see that right now, though. Things are really good. People are talking about like Sam's is is there, although there are some things that you can't get. Costco is built up, you know, um, somebody in the in the exclusive email group said, I really got to come up with just kind of like a, a quick little acronym for that. It's just really hard to say the prepper website exclusive email group, P-W-E-E-G. Just no, I'm not feeling that. Someone needs to help me <laughs> help me out with that one. But anyway, in California, I think David, it was David who said, man, uh, my Costco has everything I need. And so you see that in different parts of the country where everything is fine. And again, all parts of the country. But we have this nasty feeling that it's going to get worse. And so my question to you is, if you knew things were going to get worse, would you prepare more? What if there it's just not one event, but many events over a period of time. You know, we, we keep talking about the election and people are looking at the election, but, you know, that doesn't take into account. What about the people in Louisiana who are getting pummeled by the, I think it's the sixth hurricane, this hurricane season. They're not, they're not really looking at the election right now. They don't care. They're worried about their houses. Some of these people just got their lights restored. And so you got hurricane, you got this, you got fires and, you know, on, on the East Coast, you have all these things. And so all these things can be happening over this period of time that causes us to be numb to what is happening 
until one day you look around, you really take stock of what is going on, and you see a very drastic and very different world than you're used to. Just think about where we have come from since January 2020, just nine short months. You know, some people would say, Todd, that's months, nine months. But when you look at how fast time flies and you look at where we were in January, I mean, who would want to say, hey, those that lost their jobs, those that maybe lost their homes, lost their businesses, who wouldn't want to say, man, I'd love to go back to January 2020 and, and, and do this thing all over again or be better prepared or, you know, be able to, you know, foresee, do things different, right? Would you have thought in January when you were ushering in the new year, 2020, yay, all right, new year, new me, you know, all these things that I'm losing, would you, would you have thought that you would be where you are right now, or that 2020 would look like it is right now. Things, you know, people shooting each other in the, in, in the street. I mean, there was another shooting, right? Um, I, I think, I didn't really look into it, but I know someone said it was an Antifa, uh, you know, shooting. Uh, they shot somebody else. And I don't know, don't quote me on that one. Uh, I didn't really look into it. I was just, just a scanning headlines there. But you have, I mean, people being shot like that on, you know, you have some of the cities, you don't even hear about what happens in Chicago. You know, you're not even hearing about what happens in New York on a weekly basis on the weekends, people being shot and killed. And just like, it's, it's crazy the, how crime has just increased. Would you have thought that we would be here in January, 2020? No. So then what if the supply chain does get disrupted? What would that mean for you? And I really want you to take a little bit of time to think about it right now because you might have, you might be good for a month, you might be good for two months, but what would that really mean if you're, if the supply was to be disrupted? I mean, what do you think that would look like? Now, we're not Venezuela, and I don't know if it ever would go there, but would we be more miserable? I mean, is it a concern for you? I mean, it might not be for you. You might be good. You might be hey, like, hey, Todd, I'm good for 10 years. I got 10 years worth of food and, and you might be good. All right. But what about most people, the average person, the average person listening to this podcast? So one of the things that you keep hearing about, and we talked about this on uh, on the exclusive email group, that there we, we are hearing about grocery pallets. And so grocery stores are building pallets because they are forecasting that this is going to happen. Now, okay, just the fact that they're doing that and they're, they realize that the just-in-time system does not work. And so they're building these pallets. My question is, how high can you build pallets up and how many pallets can you have? I mean, it doesn't take very long for grocery stores to get emptied out. I mean, I know what that's like here in the Houston area, even in, in my small one here, my local one that I can go to. I can be in, in the parking lot in about five minutes from my, from my home. I know that it can be wiped out. I saw it during Hurricane Harvey. And so I know how fast that can happen. So, okay, you have pallets in the back room. And so you're able to restock really quickly. But eventually, if there is a disruption, that's going, it's just like a truck coming in and they're stocking the shelves again. Can the trucks keep coming? Those pallets aren't going to keep coming. 
someone shared in the email group that, you know, there's big warehouses. And for the most part, these warehouses haven't been filled because of the just-in-time uh, system. And so now they can fill up these warehouses, but still, you fill up these warehouses as much as you can. They're still, it's still going to be, dis you know, when there is a disruption, that food is going to go down. And if it can't be resupplied, what then? Some people are saying that, you know, the, you know, states are buying up food, right? The, the state of California, the state of this and that, they're, they're buying up food. I mean, maybe, maybe so. I mean, where are they keeping it? Where do they have humongous warehouses and can they feed their whole state? So when you start thinking about this, again, I'm not trying, I don't want to be doom and gloom. That's not the way that I want to be. I just want to get people to think about, about this. So how high can you stack a, a, a pallet of food? How, how many pallets can the back of a grocery store have or even this warehouse? How many can they have? Grocery stores can be wiped out very, very quickly. Food is a big deal. And one of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing for this is uh, a video that I created right at the beginning of the whole COVID thing. And it was, I think I titled it, uh, Building 30 Days Worth of uh, Food Fast, right? And uh, somebody, somebody, it was only like eight minutes, eight, eight minutes and 19 seconds, I think. Somebody commented on it, and uh, I can't remember the name. I think it was, a, it was a woman. She's like, you can't count. This is 28, 28 days. And it's like, it's not like I was trying to deceive anyone. I was just looking for a round number, 30, right? 30 days. So I was, basically the menu is like, you know, seven days worth and you, you make it, you multiply it four times. Yeah, that's 28. Like, oh, you got me, you know, uh, I was trying to deceive everybody in the preparedness community. So it's not really 38 or 30, it's 28, but just add two days to make 30 days worth of, uh, of food. But anyway, what I did was I downloaded that and I want to play the audio for you really quickly because again, if you're somebody who just listens to podcasts, you might not have watched that video. I might have talked about it before in the past, maybe kind of touched on it, but I want to go ahead and share that the audio from this video with you. And then I want to come back and talk a little bit more. I want to finish this out. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and jump to that audio again, uh, building up a 30 day supply of food really fast. Hey everyone, in this video, I'm going to talk about how you can put together 30 days of food super fast. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of Prepper Website and the host of the Prepper Website podcast. You know, throughout the years, people have asked me about putting together uh, food storage and food storage pantry, and this is a big deal. So if you're thinking that you're, you might need to hunker down for this coronavirus that is going on at the time of this recording, or if you are just wanting to put together a nice stockpile of food, then doing it is not that big of a deal. You don't have to sit down with a bunch of calorie calculators and try to figure it all out. I want to walk you through very quickly how you can do and how you can put together 30 days of food quickly. All right, so here we go. Let's go ahead and start. The thing that you want to do is you want to create a menu. So you're going to create a menu for one week, Sunday through Saturday. So let's just look at Monday. So Monday, we're going to do a breakfast, lunch, and a dinner. So for breakfast, let's just say we're going to do pancakes. 
Because if we're thinking about we're hunkering down and we might not have a lot of, uh, you know, eggs, fresh eggs and, and milk and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of thinking in that way. So Monday is going to be pancakes. There's pan a lot of pancake mixes that are very inexpensive that you can just, you just need to add water to it. So uh, pancakes and syrup. Uh, for lunch, I might go something light with maybe a can of tuna and some crackers. Now, I'm making this for one person. I'm thinking about one person or myself. Of course, for you and your family, you're going to add as many as you need, right? So not if it's, you know, you, there's two people there, you might do two cans of tuna. For dinner, I might wind up doing uh, spaghetti. So spaghetti noodles and, you know, a can of spaghetti sauce and you know, if I have the meat in the freezer, maybe some, some meat to add to that spaghetti sauce. So then I'm going to do that for Sunday through Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and set that up. I'm going to have three meal, three meals that I can, that, that my family is going to like. And that's the key that your family is going to like, that your family is going to eat because you don't want to go buy a bunch of junk that your family is not going to want to eat. So after you have that one week's worth of menu, your menus, you're going to sit down and you're going to write down what you need from the grocery store. So let's take Monday, for instance. On Monday, I'm going to need a box of pancake mix that, that you just add water. So I'm going to put that down on my list. I also need some syrup. I'm going to put that down on my list. I need some tuna. So I'm going to put a can of tuna or again, however many people that you're feeding, you'll put that amount there, right? Can of tuna. I'm going to put some crackers for my dinner. I'm going to put down a package of spaghetti noodles and uh, a jar of spaghetti sauce. And then again, if you have the meat in your freezer or whatever, you have that, um, you know, that you're good to go. So you, you have that there. So after you do that for every day, the three meals, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you do that Sunday through Saturday, then all you, all you do is take all those things that you need to go get at the grocery store and multiply it by four. When you do that, you're going to have a 30-day supply of food storage. You're going to have that to where you can put that there. You don't have to figure out all the calories. You don't have to, you know, sit there and 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 fret over is my family going to eat this? What kind of menu do I do I need to have? This makes it really simple. You're buying food that your family is already going to eat and you just go and you you buy four times of what you need. So think about it. Some people talk about food fatigue. You really wouldn't be doing that here because you're going to be eating Monday and then or Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, you're eating different meals. And so by the time Sunday comes around again, you'll be ready to have that meal again. You could get brave if you want to and you could do a two week menu and do this and multiply it by four and then you would have or yeah multiply it by uh multiple well you would multiply that by four if you did two weeks worth that's right and you would have two months worth of 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 food but you know here's the thing some people are concerned about having enough food during uh, you know, having to hunker down and making sure that they can feed their family and this is an easy way to do it and so if you want a little bit more information, I talk about this in my course and I have a free course. I want to just pop over there to you really for you really quick. And so it's over at prepperwebsite.net. And so if you go to prepperwebsite.net, I want to provide a link for you in the description. You go over here to courses 
and you'll have it right here. And so you can just register. It's free. I also have an accompanying book that goes along with it. It's uh, Getting Started in Long-Term Food Storage. And so it's only $3. I'm not trying to get rich there. There are two um, two cool uh, worksheets that I think are uh, very useful that you can go ahead and get there. And so this is a, a you know, you can get started in this e-course right away immediately and you can do the food storage uh, ebook three dollars it's an immediate download and so uh, i hope that you you would consider going and checking that out also i want to uh, share one you know what i'm going to share one more thing with you here um, that you can see over at uh, preparedchristians.com there is a, a crowdsourced uh, ebook that is being created. So I've uh, I've started this, and you know what? I, this has only been out for like two two days, and there's like 35, 40 recipes. So the idea is that you come and you share one recipe, and uh, here's the link here, and you go and you go add to it, and then when I get a nice little selection of uh, recipes, I'm going to put that together in an ebook and I'm going to share it out for free. So it's a crowdsourced uh, bug in recipe ebook. And so I'm going to provide a link to that in the description. So if you want to go provide a, uh, you know, provide a recipe and that will be good. And it's really easy to do. You can be anonymous. You don't have to share your name or anything like that, but it would be a great benefit to the preparedness community. And so, uh, again, I'm going to link to that. And even if you don't, even if you don't share anything, that ebook is going to be coming out pretty soon. And again, it's going to be free. And, uh, my vision is that it gets updated every year or maybe every other year as people continue to share out recipes. So I'm really excited about that. That will give you some ideas if you're needing some ideas of what to, um, you know, what to add in a menu for, you know, maybe that's not uh, to have something that doesn't require fresh fruit and fresh vegetables and things like that. So uh, be looking for that. Look, if you are looking for more ways to connect with the Prepper website and the preparedness community, I'd love for you to join the email, uh, the email list. And if you join the email list, I'm going to send you a free PDF of 25 articles that every prepper should read. And these are articles that I have gathered throughout the years from Prepper website, put them, put the links all in one uh, PDF so that you could go and just kind of click to it and made it really simple for you. A lot of these PDFs or a lot of these articles you can't even find on the on the internet anymore, but because I have the link, you can access it. So uh, hopefully this has been a blessing to you. I hope that you will be able to make your stockpile really, really fast if you don't already have one. And so uh, that way you can take care of yourself and take care of your family. Thanks so much for watching. God bless. All right, I, I'm hoping that was helpful for you. Uh, I hope that uh, there was something there that you could grab from and, uh, and, and utilize there. If not, um, you know, you're, maybe you're a, a preparedness pro and uh, you are good to go. But I think having a menu and using that menu to you know, bounce off of your food supply would be very helpful. And then it allows you to store what you eat, eat what you store, and you're just not stocking up on a whole bunch of stuff that, that your family's not going to eat. So I think that's um, very beneficial. Uh, hopefully you will uh, take, uh, take me up on that, uh, on that decision if you've never stocked up food before. But I want to end with this, right? Think a little bit back to the March and early April when things were really starting to ramp up. And can you go back to 
that time and remember how you were feeling. Maybe even not how you were feeling. Uh, maybe you were calm, cool, and collected, but maybe members of your family were uh, feeling worried and uncertain. Maybe it was your spouse. Maybe it was your kids. Maybe it was your grown kids. And so we have very short memories of how things go down. It's like, you know, we, we, we spin up, we, we worry, we do what we need to do, and then we wind up forgetting about it. And we, we, you know, it's like it never happened. And so there's a lot of people out there that have very short memories because grocery stores are full, because there's, you know, there's plenty right now, or at least it looks like, you know, I, I didn't mention this before, but I've gone into my grocery store and there are things, they're being very sly. They're not leaving the, uh, the shelves empty when something is missing. They're filling it up with extra stuff. So you go down the aisle where you never see coffee. Coffee is like way down on the other side of the store, but they have this big old display of coffee right in the middle where it doesn't belong. Now, if you've never gone to that store, you might not know that, but when you are familiar with stores, you realize what they're doing. They're just filling in product to make it look like it's, it's fuller. Um, one of the things that uh, I didn't mention as well is mason jars. Very, You can still find them on Amazon. Very, very expensive. And if you can find them somewhere, you probably want to buy them up And uh, because people just cannot find canning supplies. It's almost like people know where things are going without calling themselves preppers. And we've talked about that before. But let me go back and, and finish this out, right? We have very short memories. I want you to think about Back in the day, March, back in the day, like you know, like it was like years and years ago, just a couple of months ago. And think about that worry and uncertainty. And then think about you know where you were where you were headed and where you were at. And now how much is peace of mind worth? How much is it worth it to you to say, okay, the grocery stores, or I'm hearing about the grocery stores grocery supply being disrupted. I'm hearing about this. I'm hearing about that. I know people are saying they can't find this and they can't find that. Thanksgiving is coming. Christmas is coming, whatever. How much is peace of mind worth to you knowing that you have all that stuff taken care of? Because right now, although things are not back to normal, you can pretty much get what you need. And so now is the time not to mess around and to go ahead and get those things. If you are purchasing, if you are buying, whether it is food or hygiene supplies or whatever, you are buying things that you are going to use anyway. More than likely, you're going to you're going to get two things. Number 1, you won't have to go to the grocery store, and number 2, you're probably going to save a little bit of money because one of the things you hear about out there is that prices are increasing. And if Things are, are in short supply. Prices will increase. There will be more of a demand. They will be able to ask for more money. So you might wind up saving some money by buying things in bulk right now. So what is peace of mind worth to you right now? Well, everyone, thanks for hanging out with me on this podcast episode, episode 662. Like always, I'm going to link to the article in the show notes so you can go check it out. Daisy has a lot of links in her article in, or in this article that you can bounce to to get some other things. And you can always go and interact with the comments over there and, and read them and see where people are. 
Hey, don't forget, if you want to subscribe to the show, make sure that you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app and join the many other listeners who are doing that. We'd love for you to be able to join and, and be a subscriber here. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.